Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. I'd like to continue our series this morning, Habits. Someone say Habits. Today's message, the subtitle really, and the title of today's message is Jesus Habits. Say Jesus Habits. Now let's talk about habits for a moment. I don't know if you realize this, but habits contribute hev heavily to your identity and who you think you are and who you know you are. So the things you do regularly, they help you to know and understand who you are. And when you know who you are, when you understand your identity, then you understand your habits, so they work together, okay? For, for good or evil or better or worse, your habits contribute to your identity, and your identity contributes to your habits. I was telling someone recently, I got a revelation out of this, a guy had written this, and it really touched my heart. He said, you know, next time someone asks you if you want to smoke a cigarette or drink alcohol or whatever it is that you quit doing, right, doing drugs, you don't say, I'm trying to quit. That makes you very reactive. It makes you just kind of on the defense, kind of, kind of flimsy. No, what you say is, and I love this, let this be a revelation to you this morning. You say, that's not me anymore. I'm not a smoker. You can throw in there, I used to be a smoker, or you just say, that's not me. Someone offers you pornography or whatever, you say, nope, that's not me. That is not me anymore. I don't, I don't do that anymore. That's not me. So your new identity is something different. You say, man, well, what on earth, how on earth does this have everything to do with habits? Well, once again, your habits contribute to your identity, what you're doing daily. They affect your days and and your hours, and your weeks, and your months, and your years, the things you're doing regularly, all right? Many times we, we build a habit because we say, that gave me comfort in that situation, right? I, I'm doing that because it made me feel better in that moment. And once again, that's for better or for worse. That's how drug habits are born, and smoking, and whatever else. And right now, there's all these weed shops and hobs. Let me just tell you something. As believers, you don't have any place being in those. You don't. Drugs like that open the door, just like Pastor said, to witchcraft. And that's a work of the flesh. The problem is with works of the flesh that become habits, they can open the door to demons. So you say, man, I, I'm struggling with that. Well, God can deliver you even this morning, all right? We'll see how God leads us at the end of the service. But I'm telling you right now, you've got to identify with who you want to be, who you want to be forever. You tell people, no, I'm a believer. What? What does that have to do? Because folks will tell you, what does that have to do with alcohol or drugs or weed? No, I'm a believer, and I don't do that as a believer. That's not me anymore. I am a believer. So that's your habits and identity. So today is Jesus' habits. Someone say Jesus' habits once again. If you study his life, I love studying the life of Jesus, my favorite subject. Amazing examples for us to follow. Let's go to Matthew 21, 22. Matthew 21, 22. This is one of his habits. Jesus himself said, you can pray for anything. And if you have faith, what? You will receive it. You can pray and believe for anything. And if you have faith, you will receive it. So everything you get, you say, man, so be it unto you according to your faith, Jesus said. All right. Let's go to Mark 4.35. Many of you know this story. We love stories. We remember them. They change our lives. Look at this. 
As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. That is a very loaded statement. Many of us are wanting to cross to the next thing in life, right? New habits, new place, new identity. He says, let's cross to the other side of the lake. Let's take the next step. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind. Many times you've got to leave the crowds behind. Although other boats followed. <laughs> there are those going, I'm going to wherever Jesus goes. He's giving out free fish at these fish fries, you know, whatever. Or some say, I just want to seek him or I need healing. Well, here they are in the boat on the lake, and we got to see this six years ago in Israel. It's called the Sea of Galilee. Man, a big storm whipped up. It said, soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. How many of you know that the tougher it gets, then your true habits come out? I like bringing up COVID a lot because things happened to us during COVID. We got mad. We got sad. Some got scared. Just 2020 stirred up a lot of emotions in people. People reconnected. Praise God. There's many in here that reconnected or connected for the first time in 2020. Praise God. Some people disconnected. But we see that when things start happening, we go back to our habits and what we've done, right? To try to comfort ourselves. So the high waves were breaking into the boat, began to fill with water, or not even to comfort ourselves, it's just a reaction. You say, man, I'm just going to react to this in habit. What happened here? Jesus was sleeping. Look, he's sleeping peacefully at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. Relaxed, not worried about a thing. The disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? They, they reacted in fear as was their habit. They were freaked out. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence! Be still. Suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. One of the habits of Jesus was faith for miracles. I just put, well, we just put faith there, but we can add to that. Faith for the impossible. Faith for miracles. Faith for the next step. Faith for what God wants to do in your life. Faith for God's will. I like what Pastor Jen said this morning, just a while ago. She said, what would it be like if you just trusted God for everything? That's my take and my spin on it. I'm sure I'm paraphrasing. But what would it be like if all of a sudden you... You just trusted God. Would it get rid of your worries? Would it get rid of some anxiety and some panic? Would it get rid of some man's stomach problems maybe? Could be your eating. Could be the worry or the fear. Say, man, or I'm believing for a miracle. Would it take this big load off of me if I would just believe and trust God? Jesus always had faith for miracles. And who did he deal with? He dealt with regular folks like you and me. And there was little faith, right? Jesus said, oh, you have little faith? Did you ever catch that? He was a straight talker. He was direct. He called people out. He said, man, oh, you have little faith. How, how much longer do I need to be with you all to teach you about this? And then he said, there's, oh, no, sorry, there was no faith, and then there's little faith, and then there's great faith. You see the three? No faith, little faith, and great faith. Let's start today even if it's little faith. Let's start today. Let's start right now and make that a habit and start to believe God. 
has got, here's my question for you. You can nod your head or not, but here you are on a Sunday morning. I should know the answer to this, and so should you. Has God always taken care of you? Has he always taken care of you? Some of you said, man, I didn't think I was going to make it. I thought I was going to die. We got Army veterans in here and combat veterans in here, and we got folks who've been in car wrecks and had tragedies. And remember when a relative of yours died, you said, man, I, I, I just wanted to be buried with them. My dad said, we got to call people out. If they're ever at a funeral throwing a fit, we say, okay, we're going to bury you. We're going to just throw you in there with them, see if they're real about that, right? No, no, we got to go on. It's time to go on. Faith for miracles. Sometimes a miracle to you is just continuing on. Faith for miracles. Someone say faith for miracles. May that be your habit and your identity in life is believing God every step of the way. Say, man, I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're going to do it. We, my wife and I, we, we confronted a lot of that. I think every year, but we confronted a lot of that this year. Did you? Some of you said, man, I'm com- I was coming off a bad habit or I was getting clean off drugs or alcohol or I needed a miracle financially or I needed God to restore a relationship or I needed custom- custody of my kids. Whatever it was you were believing for, man, I needed the Lord to close those cases. I'm living right now. I've had some consequences and repercussions. Man, whatever it is, you keep believing. You never stop. What do believers do? They believe. It's not a trick question. I'm not messing with you. Believers believe faith for miracles. Jesus had that habit, and may that be your habit. Let's move on to Luke 7.44. Luke 7.44, this is a great habit to have. Look, then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, remember he was at a dinner party, and a lady had walked in and kind of distracted everybody. He said, look at this woman kneeling here. I love that because Jesus is making Simon, the religious man, look at the woman who'd been kneeling there, blessing Jesus by anointing his feet and doing different things. He said, look at her. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. Hmm. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. Now, you got to be a man of God to allow a woman to kiss your feet like that in public. Are you all with me? I thought about that. My wife is not in the habit of kissing my feet. I mean, we can start any time. That's fine, which that's just not her thing. But you got a woman off the streets, comes into a dinner party. Imagine your pastor. Can you imagine one of us? We're in there, and someone walks in, a lady off the street, and starts kissing me on the feet. That I just, you got to be a man of God. That would that would just throw that would throw me off. But here he is, God in the flesh, all man and all God. He said, "You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet." Where are we going with this, Pastor Matt? You're about to see. He said to Simon, "You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head." <laughs> He's calling him out. He said, "See all these things you missed, and you're worried about her being an unclean woman." or an immoral woman, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume, very expensive perfume. I tell you her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love, but a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. Jesus was always quick to forgive. So let's put forgiveness up there. That needs to be your habit. Growing up, dad used to always say, man, your middle name should be quick. David Quick Sanchez. Joe Quick, Jaramillo, right? Quick to what? Quick to forgive. Quick to forgive. Man, you've got to forgive quickly. Look at, look at the position that God occupies. 
I want you to think about this, and I want you to get a revelation of it, even if I don't get to all my points this morning, because I want this to fall on good ground. Think of it this way. Did you know every sin you've ever committed has been personal to God? Every sin. I'm so glad every sin you've committed is not personal to me. There's a lot of stuff we don't care about, right? People doing crazy stuff, man, real awful things, speeding through a, a school zone or a hit and run or man killed somebody or something or just a crime or something that hurt somebody or just a sin of any kind. It's, most of it is not personal to you and to me. But every sin, every mistake, every sin especially is personal to God because he cannot look on sin. Scripture says he is a holy God. The Hebrews described him as different, set apart, kadosh. Something so different, they'd never seen anything like him. And that's how we should look at God and view God and say, man, he is so holy and so different. Every sin is personal to God. I remember I was struggling with unforgiveness years ago. 20 some, going on 23, 24 years ago, and God spoke to me as plain as day. I'll never forget this, and I love to testify about this. And God was speaking to me, and I was struggling. I was asking him to help me, and he spoke so clearly. And he said, I've forgiven you for everything you've ever done. Can't you just forgive this person for this one thing that's trying to divide y'all? Can't you just forgive this one person, this one thing? I've forgiven you. I forgive everyone that asks of me, and you're struggling with this little thing. Someone say forgiveness. Forgiveness. Every sin's personal to God, so it's a big deal that he forgives. Let's go to John 3.17 in the English Standard Version. Look at this. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. You don't get saved by Jesus unless he's forgiven you. So I don't just save all these people. I really haven't forgiven them. No, you can't have a relationship with God unless he's forgiven you because your sin would block the route to heaven. Your sin would block the way to have a relationship with God. So today, one of Jesus' great habits is forgiveness begin to practice it now i can hear the spirit of the lord this morning even though there's a room predominantly filled with believers you're probably all believers we might have a couple in here that don't believe in jesus i doubt that i'm sure everyone in here believes in jesus mm, you know what go ahead and bow your heads right now right where you are i can feel the spirit of god moving me to do this this is an important moment no we're not over yet you're good thanks for being ready but we're not over, we're not done yet. Just take a break. I don't always do this in the middle of a sermon. Is there anyone in this house that says, I need to forgive someone? It is messing me up. It's messing with my health. It's messing with my relationships, with my relationship with God and with others. If there is someone in here who needs to forgive this morning, right where you are, I want you to raise your hand. God is, God is working on you right now. Raise your hand. I believe there's going to be numerous hands if we're honest with ourselves. Wow, look at that. God bless y'all. Look at that. I'm going to pray for you, and we're going to agree right now. I want everyone in this house, everyone to repeat this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, say, you've forgiven me. And all of my sin has been personal to you. Now help me to forgive. I pray for those who have hurt me, for this person or these people who have hurt me. Cleanse me. Forgive me. I choose today. I make a commitment to walk in forgiveness right now. In Jesus' name.
you can look at me now. There's, I believe there's several in here by the Spirit of God once again that it was apparent that you need to forgive. You say, man, that's not some deep prophetic thing. Well, it doesn't have to be. That affects everything if you can't forgive mom and dad. There may even be folks in here, and I may, I may be just adding this, that you've lost a parent and they're gone. They've crossed over and you still haven't forgiven them. Or an aunt or an uncle, you say, man, yeah, but they abused me or they did this. Look, you need to forgive everyone, but you need to forgive those authority figures now. Today is the day of salvation and the day of forgiveness. Did you know you choose today who you will serve? By forgiving. You're not going to serve yourself or the enemy when you say, I forgive. So if it was a parent that hurt you, grandparent, someone who raised you, you forgive them now. You forgive them right now. Go ahead, in your heart. Go ahead. You forgive them. And I believe you just did. Make that a habit. My parents taught us some great things. Good examples in many ways. But I remember one thing. My mom was big on forgiveness. My dad is too. But mom's in heaven now. And I remember when she was preparing to go to heaven, she would always been this way. She made sure her heart was right and she had forgiven everybody. <laughs> you need to do that. We don't know when our final appointment is, right? When our appointment is. I pray that we live a long life and then we're raptured out of here someday, taken away to be with Jesus in heaven, and you don't have to see death. But if Jesus does not return in our lifetimes, we will see death, and you need to be ready. You need to walk in forgiveness, whether you're on the first trip out or you're going to live a full life here and die someday and go to, go to heaven and be with Jesus. You need to forgive. That is a Jesus habit. That is one of the main things, one of the big things that Jesus preached, and he said it over and over and over again. You need to forgive. You need to forgive. Hold on to that, all right? Let's go to Matthew chapter 20, verse 29. I'm going to read you a little text here. Now as they went out of Jericho, a great multitude followed him. And behold, two blind men sitting by the road when they heard that Jesus was passing by. And how many know blind people hear really well? They cried out saying, have mercy on us. <clears throat> oh, Lord, son of David. They called out to Jesus, man. They cried out to him. Then the multitude warned them that they should be quiet. I guess they were irritating them. You ever had someone that has a squeaky voice or they're just shouting, even a basketball game? You ever been next to someone about, go, hog, you know, right in your ear? And I'm one of those people that screams at basketball. I have a conversation, whether anybody's listening or not. I'm like, that's out of your range. Don't shoot that shot. Terrible call. Terrible call. Just talking. I'm sure it gets annoying. We did a Texas Tech game recently. I'm sure I annoyed everybody. I'm just talking the whole game. Well, the multitude told him, hey, you guys shut up. But these guys knew they needed a miracle. So they cried out all the more, saying, have mercy on us, O Lord, son of David. You know what's powerful about them calling him son of David? They were appealing to him as king, the one who can provide everything they need. They said, son of David. They appealed to his lineage, and they said, you've got the authority to do this. They appealed to his strength, power, ability, and authority as king. They said, have mercy on us, O Lord, son of David. What else happened here? So Jesus stood still. Can you imagine getting God's attention where he stops? And he called them and said, what do you want me to do for you? Today's your day where God is saying, what do you want me to do for you? Just believe. They said to him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. 
Mm. So Jesus, here's the key word for this point, Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes. And immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. Man, when they could see where they were going, they said, we're going to follow Jesus. I'll never forget, we were in Guatemala years ago, and we gave gifts to the people that we were visiting there. I think there were, there were offerings and different things. And some of the Guatemalans said, we want to thank you for being so merciful to us. They use that word in Spanish, merciful. And it's tied to compassion. They're basically saying, thank you for having compassion on us because you're blessed and you're able to bless us. And it touched my heart. I will never forget that. They said, you were so merciful to have given to us. We gave clothes and shoes and money and different things that they needed. Food. We bought some food over there. And I will never forget that compassion is what moved us to bless them. Compassion. You have mercy on someone. You can call it pity, but a stronger word is compassion. And that is one of the attributes, one of the habits of Jesus. Scripture says numerous times that he was moved with compassion. He said, man, these folks are scattered. These folks need healing. These folks need a miracle. He had compassion. Someone say compassion. Yeah, he had compassion. Who is calling you? Or let me say that. Who is God calling you to reach out to? I believe there's several in here that God has been talking to you about blessing someone in your life and you haven't done it yet. Some of you have. Some of you have. God's been speaking to you and speaking to you. Said, oh, I'm going to put that off. or I can't really afford that. If you have the money, then you can afford it. I remember years ago, a guy said, man, you know what? A thousand dollars. You'd have to be rich to give a thousand dollars. That's a lot of money. We're not going to make light of that. Or talk down to that. But did you know you just have, a, have to have a thousand dollars to give a thousand dollars? That's deep logic, isn't it? You don't have to be rich. Said, man, I'd have to be rich to give 500. No, all you'd have to do is have $500. God is calling you to have compassion on someone. I believe he's been speaking to you. And you as believers, you're called to be compassionate. Why? Because that is the heart of Jesus. That's one of his habits. What is compassion? You see someone and you allow yourself to be moved to bless them. And not everybody moves you. I know. There's panhandlers here in town. There's always folks now going, God bless, man. I need some money. I need some gas. I need something. You say, is it for drugs? I don't know. Some of them are legit. That guy, though, there's a guy around town. Why lie? I just want a beer. You get nothing from me, bro. Nothing. Have you seen him around town? Why lie? And he's half hung over, whatever. I just want a beer. I guess that works with some people. I'm not helping you. But to have compassion on someone who you feel needs it or God has led you to reach out to, that is a righteous thing. It's a righteous thing. And God looks at that and he says, man, that is, that, is bless. that is a blessing. Give and receive. Have compassion. Don't fight it. If God's pulling at your heartstrings, if the Spirit of God is moving you, and you say, man, I've been, I've been needing to bless my neighbor with some groceries, now's the time. Or to help them, or to speak to them, or just talk to them. You know many times how I have compassion on people? I talk to them about their day and ask them about what's going on, whether I know them or not. And people will shock you and open up and say, I'm going through... I remember going, in, in recent years, there's a lady I run into in town. She works at a local place. I, I've seen her over the months and years, often. I say often enough. And she began to open up how she was caregiving for her mom, and then different stages her mom died. And I remember my compassion went out to her because my mom had died. But I remember thinking, man, how important is it that we notice and listen to people and just listening and telling them, I'm sorry, I'm praying for you, I can pray for you now. That is compassion. 
You say, man, if it costs me money, I don't have anything on me. Yeah, there's times people approach me and I go, I have no cash on me. But I'm praying for you. We can pray, whatever it is. And I'm sorry you're going through this. But here we are. Compassion. Don't forget, Jesus taught this, remember? When he said, you did this for one of the least of my brothers and my sisters, you did this for me. Don't forget about the people in prison. Don't forget about the people who are hungry. Don't forget about the people who need clothes. Ran into a lady yesterday, and she said, man, if, if y'all give me these clothes, I'll take them to Mexico. Praise God. A lot of people around here do that. They said, I'll take them to Mexico. Then go ahead. Take them to Mexico. Go right ahead. That's great. That is compassion. Someone say once again, I want to get this one. Someone say once again, compassion. Here's something else I loved about Jesus, and that is, and this is my last point, and that is availability to serve. Are you available to serve? Man, Jesus multiplied bread and fish. He fed thousands of men and women and children. He did all kinds of different miracles. Remember, because of his compassion and his availability, one time he stopped a funeral. He had compassion on the lady because she was a widow, and that was her only son. And Jesus stopped the funeral and raised that guy from the dead. He was available to serve always with healing. He visited people. He visited, right? Scripture says he visited. He visited Peter's mother-in-law when she had a fever, huh? He visited her, and she was healed, and then she got up and made them some food. I have an amazing, I have an amazing mother-in-law. She's just my second mom. But I remember one guy telling the story. He said, man, if I was Peter, I'd say, Lord, thank you, but you healed my mother-in-law. That was a blessing I did not ask for. Take that how you want. But he, he was visiting. He would visit people. Man, Jesus washed feet. That, that's something, isn't it? He washed feet, the act of humility and service. Man, he would bless the children. He was available to bless the kids. His disciples thought, man, we're going to be good deacons and ushers, and we ain't going to let them see Jesus. He, they started rebuking parents and rebuking kids. Don't bother the master. They thought they were doing right. And Jesus said, no, you let them come to me. Don't forbid them from coming to see me. He made himself available to those kids. Man, he taught, he preached, and he still, here's what I got to add. Say, man, if I'm available like Jesus, I got to do everything all the time and say yes to everything. Oh, no, Jesus had boundaries too. That's another one of his habits. I don't have a point for that. In your availability to serve, say yes to some stuff. Don't say no to everything. That's the point this morning. You can say no to different things. Man, you can't or you won't or that's not your thing or you're not available. Fine. But say yes to something eventually. And this is a very serving church. I just want to reinforce that for the live stream. Those in this house, it's a very serving church. But even with Jesus' availability to serve, so often he found time to be alone. That's a boundary, isn't it? That's a boundary. He said, I'm not taking the whole crowd with me. And sometimes he took Peter, James, and John or the whole 12 with him. But he had boundaries and times and seasons. How many of you know there's a time and season for everything? But your habits affect your times and seasons. Are you hearing me this morning? Habits are so important for your identity, your relationship with God, your relationship with others. Did you know you're a fact? Your habits affect others? They do. Let me just, let me just in closing today, habits help establish your rhythm in life. They affect your direction. Like we said, your day, week, year, good or bad. They affect those you love, good or bad. But the good thing is habits can be adjusted. 
Hmm, even small adjustments can change everything. What if you woke up 15 minutes earlier to pray and seek God? Get that shower out of the way and jump into that or just get right into the word. What if you woke up 30 minutes or an hour earlier? What if you showed up an hour earlier to work? You say, man, I'm not doing that. They're like, this has been a good message up to this point, Pastor Matt. May God bless you, Pastor Matt. That's it. I don't, I don't know, man. I know. Why don't you make yourself available like the last point says today? Available to serve even at work, and you would be amazed. Once you start solving problems for people or your boss or other coworkers, man, it changes, every, it changes your station in life when you become a problem solver. You don't have to like Bill Gates. And I don't care for him. But he solved a problem in, in putting out Microsoft Word and Windows and all this stuff, right? Same with Steve Jobs. They solved a problem of we need a home computing device. We need software for this. We need Windows. You know, now just about everything in the world runs on Windows now, huh? They solved a problem. Same with cars. Same with all these things. Same with airplanes. Solved the problem of travel. So what problems can you solve by just being available to serve? Did you know just showing up early on a Sunday morning, you help us solve the problem of we need help doing stuff? Really? We have volunteers here this morning, man, servant-hearted, youth and adults. They show up, and they help us do all kinds of different stuff here. And that availability to serve, they're solving a problem or taking care of a need. What need can you take care of if you're available? Let's read through these points again. And then we'll pray together. Point one, would you put that up again? Faith for miracles, one of the Jesus habits that we talked about. Number two, forgiveness. Oh, man, make sure you are forgiving, child of God. Number three, compassion. Have mercy on people. Move in compassion. Sometimes you say, man, that just touched my heart. I feel bad for them. Do something about it. God speaks to me about that often. Do something about it. Speak out. Give. Give of your time. Give of whatever you have. If it's just a listening ear, compassion. And number four, Make sure that you have an availability to serve like Jesus did. Those are Jesus' habits. Go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes today, if you would, please. Right where you're seated, if God spoke to you about something, anything today, would you raise your hand in this house? I want to see your honesty. God spoke to you about something. Praise God, that's good news. Now, with every head bowed, every eye closed, is there anyone in the house who says, Pastor Matt, I just, I need to make sure I'm right with God. I've never accepted Jesus. I've never made him my Lord. I've never publicly professed and, and, and confessed the name of Jesus. If that's you this morning, you need to accept Jesus because you don't know where you, you're going to go when you die someday. Would you raise your hand? I'm going to pray with you and make sure your heart is right with God. If that is you, God bless you. Thank you for your honesty and courage. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Let's agree today with every head bowed and every eye closed. I want you to repeat this prayer with me. Make sure that folks are right with God. Those that raise their hand. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe. I believe you. I believe your word. And I believe you are mighty to save. Say, forgive me, Lord. Cleanse me. I cannot cleanse myself from sin. I've tried. I can't make it right. I call on you and the blood of Jesus. Please forgive me, Lord. Say, I'm a sinner without you. Say, right now, 
I confess that Jesus is my Lord forever. Not just Savior. He's my Lord. And I believe He died and rose again. Come into my life, Lord. Stay with me forever. I know you'll never leave me if I'll just seek you and put you first. I believe. Say, thank you for saving me, Lord. In Jesus' name. Right where you are, I want you to stand to your feet. And I want you to look at me for a moment. We talked about forgiveness this morning, and I believe many of you have forgiven. But if you need a miracle from God today, right where you are seated, I don't have to know what it is. God knows what it is. I want you to raise a hand in this house. Say, I need a miracle from God. I need God to do something. I need God to intervene. All right, all over this house, I want you to grab hands or touch shoulders. Whatever it is, a point of contact today all over this house. Let's believe God together. Let's believe right now. Father, in Jesus' name, we unite our faith in this house corporately. We unite our faith, and we thank you, Father, because you are hearing us. You always hear. When we pray according to your will, we know that you will perform it. That's your promise. If we believe, then we can have it according to your will. If we pray and believe according to your will. So, Lord, we activate our faith today, and we thank you that it is done, and we call it done right now. Miracles in finances, relationships, healing in our bodies. Matthew chapter 8 says he took, he carried, he took our infirmities and our diseases. So if he took it, we don't have it anymore. He's taken it. And you can have all our infirmities and diseases, Lord, to be destroyed and thrown away forever. We don't want them. Thank you for those miracles in our bodies this morning. You are healed, child of God, in Jesus' name. He's working in your finances as you give tithe and offerings, in relationships, in your mental health area, your mind. You're healed and you're whole, and we believe, and we call it done. In Jesus' name, amen.